Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Katie. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things God does in the lives of ordinary people. Welcome back to our November Adoption Series. This is the third and final episode in this series. And since we've given you so much extra listening material the last couple of months, (laughs) we've decided to take a break in December and pick up with Season 3 in January. We're really looking forward to it, and I think we've got some amazing stories coming your way. In our adoption series these last two weeks, we've heard from Pastor Max and Annie Carell on the biblical perspective of adoption and their own story of adopting. Today, though, we get to hear from their daughter, Allie Passweeder. She's a wife and mother of four sweet little boys, and she talks about her adoption story and how it shaped her faith. Well, I don't remember the first time that I was ever told I was adopted because I was just you know, from a very, very young age, but I don't think I really understood it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't probably until junior high, maybe, that started to kind of, like, click with me. Yeah. And, um, like, I remember finding this file box that my parents had, mm-hmm. and I realized that there was a file called Adoption or Allie's Adoption, yeah. and there was a picture of my birth mom. Mm-hmm. And so... I didn't tell them that I found it. Just kind of kept it yeah. secret, and mm-hmm. um, and then I also remember my cousin when she was in high school. She actually had my biological grandma as her English teacher, and oh, she wow. told me that my family, like like my aunts and uncles, told right. her that they were. She was not allowed to tell me. Mm-hmm. About so she was the like, range. "I want to tell you anyway." Uh-huh. <laughs> she <did>. So <laughs> I started to feel kind of awkward. Like I felt uh-huh. like. Maybe people were keeping secrets from me, Uh, even though like everybody was open, like you're adopted and we're your family. I felt like there was like things that I didn't know about. Tell me about finding this file. Um, When I first found it, I was actually kind of angry. Yeah. So I was like, why didn't they show me this, you know? And um, especially the picture. Yeah, and oh, then right. it had her name on the back of it. Right. Had you not and known her name or anything? No, I like, didn't, you know. Really didn't know anything about Well, her? I found out a bunch of things, like I found out where I was born, mm-hmm. and um, I used to have a different name. Mm-hmm. My name used to be Alyssa Jane Letourneau, mm-hmm. and um, I found out her name, and it was, the picture was actually her in the hospital holding me. Mm-hmm. So... I felt really angry because I felt like they were hiding it from me, but I don't think that they, they weren't hiding it from me. They just hadn't found the time to show it to me. I was very young. I think I was either in middle school or like very early high school. And I think they were waiting until later Mm -hmm. to reveal some things. Um, But I, then I remember after that, my dad taking me to Barnes and Noble and when it was still open and <laughs> we actually like got some coffee there and he actually told me a lot more like details about, mm. you know, what happened with yeah. my birth parents, why I was adopted. And that's when I figured out, you know, about my uncle being mm. like principal and how mm. like my family knows their family. And right. so I think that they were just waiting until I was older to, yeah. kind of to reveal more information all. about my yeah. adoption. So did that help then, like, sitting down with your dad and having him talk that through with you to feel like, okay, they're not actually trying to keep secrets, they just... Yeah, because, so, like, my anger was rooted in, like, you're trying to hide yeah, secrets about right. my past, and then I realized, like, 
that they weren't against talking to me about it. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when your dad took you? Or what that was, was the time like right after you found that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Finding that. And I actually that don't really know the timeline. Yeah. I might be actually switching things around. Yeah. But what exactly happened? But I, th- I was, it was sometime in high school because I was also, when I found out her name, I looked up my birth mom on Facebook and yeah. actually yeah. sent her a message on Facebook. So, had you had questions about yeah. your birth mom, your birth family before finding that? Or did that stir no. a bunch of questions in you? I don't know why I never really asked that much about it. I don't remember asking my parents about details. Yeah. I actually, all of the answers to questions that I never had, I think that I just kind of made up stories oh, okay. in my mm-hmm. mind that became like reality that wasn't really reality. Like somehow I knew that my dad went to the military after I was adopted. So in my mind, he was like the villain of my story. <laughs> Like, he hated me, and... Oh, yeah. But then I found out later that he didn't even know I existed until right. I was 18 years old. Whoa. So all of these stories that I wow. told myself, yeah, like, I didn't ask about it. I just yeah. came to my own conclusions. What kind of questions did you have? I just didn't understand how a mother giving up her baby was an act of love. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, like, kind of angry at God. Like, I just thought, like, it would have been better if my biological parents would have just gotten married and we could have had a happy family Mm -hmm. or even better than that. What if I would have just been born from my adopted mom? Cause I love my family. Right. Yeah. And I just felt like I was being punished in some kind of way. Yeah. Um, you know, now Mm -hmm. that I'm older, I know that that's not true. My birth mom did love me. Mm -hmm. It was very kind of her to give me, a mom and a dad. Hmm. So you messaged her and she responded and did that start her? Did she respond? Did that She start did respond. <laughs> I think it started a lot of like drama for her oh, okay. side of the family because up until that point, she had two other daughters after me who didn't know who I was. I, I talked to um, my one of my biological, I guess she would be a half sister. Yeah. Um, and she said that she actually knew, she saw a picture of me like in a box and just mm-hmm. never knew what the picture was. Yeah. And so the first time that I met my birth mom was the day before I got married. Oh. She came to the wedding and, oh. uh, I feel like there's a whole lot of story yeah. in between that and I know. meeting your mom though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably back, so back yeah. more back, of that story. Okay. Back that up. So... So you found this picture, your dad and this information, your dad took you out, kind of gave you more details, and you're in like high school-ish. So it sounds like from that point on, a lot of like, a lot of questions then were stirred up that you maybe didn't have as a kid. Yeah. One of the biggest things that started right around that time period was comparing myself to my brother and my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I just didn't understand why my brother was allowed to do certain things. And then I interpreted it as, well, I'm not really a part of the family, mm-hmm. not oh. as my brother is a boy and right. he's older than me. <laughs> yeah. And right, he was like more... I want to say obedient where I was more rebellious. So that's 
kind of plays into like why he was allowed to do certain things that I wasn't. Um, And then even more so when my sister started getting older because she's a girl, I would be like, well, does my mom love her more? And I just felt like really competitive Mm -hmm. with her and didn't even want to be her friend. Like it's not until very recently that I've actually tried to work Mm -hmm. on my relationship with my sister. I just didn't like her Mm -hmm. for a long time. Not anything that she did. It just felt right. Threatened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you played or read your adoption into a lot of these relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it. You probably didn't realize you were even doing it. Is that, yeah it was i think it was subconscious subconscious yeah and then also when i you know after i found out about um you know these other siblings that Mm -hmm. i had i never knew about um you know my birth dad he had a son Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like i felt as threatened or upset about him as i did about my birth mom's two daughters right so i was Mm -hmm. like why was i adopted but mm-hmm. they got to stay. Right. <laughs> but that well, was because she yeah. got married after I was adopted, right. like years later. And then had them uh-huh. later. Yeah. Because she was yeah. still in high school Yeah, okay. when I was born. Right. I think um, another interesting yeah. part of that story yeah. is that when my mom was told, or my parents were told that they were going to, like it was time to come yeah. get me and I was born, that my mom, my biological grandma... And I think her mom, too. Wow. They were all here for this, like, birth of, like, yeah. the first granddaughter, yeah. granddaughter. Yeah. And she said that it was really, like, almost sad. Because mm-hmm. it was like they were saying hello and goodbye at the same time. But, I mean, years <laughs> in the future, I recently actually got to meet my biological grandma. So... Mm-hmm. I ended up getting to say hello, hello and so <laughs> I hugged her. Oh, it was really awesome. Really I, I, I don't yeah, know. In my mind, I was like, when I meet her, she's not going to want to have anything to do with me. And <laughs> she hugged me and oh, it was really nice. Um, kind of the next step in the story is um, my birth dad got a Facebook. And so, so somebody from his high school messaged him and said, how was the adoption? Something like that. Oh, my word. Well, he had adopted a son, but there's no way that that, like, that, that person would know about that. So right. he was like, what adoption? Right. Huh. And they were like, like, with Tina. And he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. So he got in contact with her wow. and basically found out that when he was going into the military, his mom had signed something or his... Like, along with his, like, one of his, I don't know if it's an officer, officer, I don't know what they're called, like, represented him. Yeah. And so he just didn't know that I existed. Wow. So around the time that I was, like, 18, he got in contact with my dad after talking to my birth mom and Mm. confirming that I was his daughter. And my dad actually showed me a picture of him. And he's like, do you think this is the guy? And I'm just, like, looking at a male version of myself. Like, he had the same <laughs> lips, the same eyes. I'm like, no, nah, that's him. Wow. That's definitely him. Wow. So he got on a plane and 
came to my parents' wow. house. And met she was me. like, I want to meet. I remember wow. standing upstairs, like looking through like the staircase, like yeah, rails, and seeing him down there. And I was afraid to go downstairs. I was like, Did you uh, want to meet him? Yeah, I wanted to meet him. But that's a big thing, like this, yeah. Well, and then to find out that he hadn't even known all this time, yeah, that would be. He wasn't the villain of, of yeah, the story. Yeah. Wasn't who you thought he was. <laughs> what was that like meeting him? I mean, you were. Nervous. I think it was so traumatic that I don't remember anything. Oh, I don't okay. know why, but I cannot recall anything we talked about. I don't. I all I remember is seeing him from the top of the stairs, and I remember him leaving. It was like so weird. And nothing uh, in between. Yeah. I think it was just so like. Yeah, like emotionally, and, yeah. yeah, stressful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. So I have no yeah. idea. Have you seen him since? Yes. Okay. Um. So this is Do part you remember of that <laughs> the story where things kind of get bad because okay. right around like the end of high school is when I started getting into like fights with my parents mm-hmm. because I was realizing more and more that I didn't want to be a Christian, and so. And you had made a profession of faith. Yeah. yeah. Like, I had gotten baptized and was taking communion at church. And, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I just kind of, I think it all revolved around I wanted a boyfriend, and mm-hmm. they did not want me to have a boyfriend because mm-hmm. I didn't want a Christian boyfriend. So mm-hmm. um, we started fighting more and more. And at the same time, my birth dad invited me to come to Florida to meet my brother's and just spent some time with him Mm -hmm. so it was like when i'm with my adoptive family there's all this conflict and they're calling me to obey god Mm -hmm. and then i go to my biological family and they just are like everything's happy all the time because they weren't christians and um and so i kind of got to a point where i was just like i could just move to florida I could just not talk to my parents anymore, mm-hmm. and I just don't have to deal mm-hmm. with any Christianity of, yeah. or adopted family or yeah. Know, yeah so or, yeah, kind yeah. of led up to um, me leaving the church. That's mm-hmm. when I got excommunicated. At some point, my brother actually met with me, my adopted brother, mm-hmm. and he said that I wasn't allowed to come. To my parents' house anymore mm-hmm. because every time that I would come, I would just start a fight and usually end up with me like yelling at them, and my mom and dad would be like really upset. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of conflict there. And and actually during that visit to my birth dad, I ended up getting a tattoo, and the words that I picked for my tattoo was like an attack on my family, which is why I hate my tattoo. No. Um, so I'm going to read the words on my tattoo. It says, mm-hmm. I don't just want life. I want to say I lived. Because mm-hmm. to me, it was like, mm-hmm. living a Christian life is not living. Mm-hmm. You don't get to go to parties. You don't get to have fun. And so mm-hmm. here it is like my birth dad paying for this tattoo. And, you know, they he wasn't doing anything to pit me against, like, right. my family. He wasn't yeah. aware. So, but I do remember getting off the plane and my adopted dad picking me up and I was like, I have a new tattoo and he didn't even want to see it. I'm just like, I felt like so proud of myself. Like, got you, you know, yeah. better than you. And so how- you had moved out of your parents' house. Where were yeah. you living? 
Um, I was living with two girls from my work. I just asked them if I could move in, and they said yes. This was the summer after high school. Okay. One of the big reasons for fighting with your parents was that you wanted a boyfriend. So moving out then, did you get a boyfriend? What? I got many boyfriends. Okay. I dated them for like a week and then broke up with them. It's like, that was like the pattern. Hmm. And there's always something I didn't like about them. It was just more like it was the cool thing to do to have a boyfriend and... I just no. I think it. I think it all has to do with being adopted. It's just like this, mm-hmm. like intense need to be accepted. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of like showed up in all different parts of my life. Like you know, I'd go to school and I'd be one person, and I go to church and I'd be another person. Mm-hmm. Just anything to make people like me and accept me. Mm-hmm. And then I really wanted a boyfriend because I just wanted to be loved and accepted and Mm -hmm. this is probably jumping ahead but when did you start like sort of identifying what you were doing you know like you said the anger towards your sister and the the Mm other relationships with your siblings you know the comparing with your brother and things like that it was all like insecurity about being adopted but you didn't at the time recognize that it was that's what it was then the same thing with boyfriends. At what point do you think you recognize, like, this is an insecurity about my adop- being adopted? Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, like, a couple years ago, I've had two different pastors now look at me and say, your entire life is, like, revolving around being adopted. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being, like, really, like, angry about that. Like, I went home to Anthony, my husband, and was like, they don't know me mm-hmm. like that's not even that's such an insignificant part of my life like <laughs> it doesn't even matter and then i think only within like the past like year or so is when i like honestly started to look at things realizing actually no it's all like connected to mm-hmm. being adopted and my life mm-hmm. really is revolving around this like fact of my life and mm-hmm. that i've been in denial about and i think because Well, it's like I've been waiting my whole life to meet my biological family. Mm -hmm. It was like something that was just like really important for me to do. And I thought that once it happened, all the planets would align. Right. And Mm -hmm. I would finally feel like I belonged somewhere. And I feel like meeting them, even though I am grateful that I met them, Mm -hmm. has actually made the planets go everywhere. (laughs) It's been very confusing. Um, So... It was like kind of a hard fact to accept that meeting them didn't actually fix everything that I still had. Yeah. Like doubts about where I belonged in in life. Mm -hmm. And you're just now in like this last year realizing that. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's say even like in the last month that I realized that because I went Mm -hmm. to my biological mom's wedding. Yeah. And that was, like, the last of my biological family that I had left to meet. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I felt relieved to come home. I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay. To be around my sister, Kimmy, and to be around my brother and yeah. my mom, especially, and my dad. It's like, it's almost like yeah. that was the last piece mm-hmm. to finally accepting that 
I have a family here. This is it. And so it's still like really fresh because that mm-hmm. happened early August of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like it just happened. Yeah. And so I, and in yeah. a way I kind of almost feel like a new found piece mm-hmm. that it's like I can finally like put to rest all of these like insecurities mm-hmm. that I've had for so long. So going back to yeah. like serial yeah. boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of guys did you pick? Guys that gave me attention. The first boyfriend that lasted a long time, he's just an awful boyfriend. Michael Crumb is actually the one who told me, like, you are going to break up with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That was what gave me the courage. And then beyond that, I think I just kind of, I really liked guys in bands. <laughs> that was kind of my uh, hope that I would go on and play shows for people yeah. and write my own music. So if there was a guy in a band, I really liked them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of what led me to Anthony dating my now husband, Anthony. Because <laughs> he, um, he was in the, like, my closest friend group. Okay. Okay. And we actually, like, we weren't really that good of friends. Mm -hmm. It was not a good relationship because we went from not being friends to me living at his house. Okay. So I just stopped showing up at my own apartment and would just hot, like, come over if I needed, like, extra clothes or to pay bills. But I basically lived with Anthony Mm -hmm. and that's what led me to getting pregnant. Now, you said something about Michael, you know, telling you you are going to break up with this guy. So you still had contact with people from the church. And you were not just contact, but you still talked with a couple of people in the church. Well, this was before I got excommunicated. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. um, I didn't show up to do coffee one week. And Mary Wagner came to my house to see like where I was right. she did coffee with me right and my roommate opened the door and she's like she's not here she's at her boyfriend's house mm. so I don't so know if Mary Anthony no that was different boyfriend. that was the first boyfriend that okay. I had at the time okay. um and so I don't remember exactly what happened but Michael ended up going for a walk <laughs> with me know. and being like so what's going on with you and yeah. and then so I did break up with him but then after that I just continued to date different guys and um like like i said like the timeline i don't remember exactly Mm. what happened but i do know that i was at anthony's house and taylor bailey came to my house Mm -hmm. and i sat in the car with him and he's like if you wanted to you could come home Mm -hmm. you know even to my parents house like you don't have to be here like Mm -hmm. i want you to stop and mm. I just remember, like, crying and saying that I wish I was dead. Mm. Just being, like, really upset. And But then I didn't do anything. I just wished at that time that that I could still have all of my friends at mm. church. And I could still have a good relationship with my parents and live the life that mm. I wanted to. So yeah. I did feel, like, really torn between the two. I felt like I could be more myself with my non-Christian friends because I didn't want to mm-hmm. obey God. Right. And mm-hmm. so I did, I, you know, when he said, when Taylor said, you could come home, 
Mm-hmm. Like I did feel like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I could. Yeah. But then it would mean giving up Anthony. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing that was like, oh, I can't give up Anthony. Love Anthony. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I loved Anthony. So Taylor just ended up leaving. And at some point I ended up, well, the elders had asked to meet with me and I kept blowing them off. And eventually like I was at Walmart shopping and pretty sure it was Wayne Huck and Adam Spady, pretty sure were the two that met me at Walmart and read to me the paper that they ended up reading to the entire church and i was just like sitting there like such like a bad attitude like cool glad that we're done and then i just continued grocery Mm. shopping and it really didn't like Mm. affect me that much i was just more like annoyed like seriously you're gonna come to walmart and Mm. read to me some dumb paper it was the paper that was basically saying like i was excommunicated so So i had a really bad attitude it was just kind of like cool you are not at that moment seeing that as an act of love well that's the thing though is that i did see it as an act of love like because Mm -hmm. i had grown up in the church it was like you knew knew. yeah like i knew that it was gonna happen Mm -hmm. i still felt like they were doing their job so i wasn't angry and but very quickly like so anthony and i started dating in february of 2012 and i found out i was pregnant in august same year yeah and we got married in september okay so we got along like really really well like we had like all of the same hobbies and same friends so when you found out that you were pregnant then what happened well i was not very happy and my first thought actually went to even though i like i had spent my entire life being pro-life my first thought was actually abortion Mm -hmm. but not because i didn't want the baby because i didn't want to upset my parents Mm -hmm. i was like i can't tell them this like they're gonna be so mad at me and but it was like i even said it to anthony i was like should i get an abortion and then as soon as i said it i was like no that's stupid and he Mm -hmm. wasn't for it either so Mm -hmm. he said from the very beginning like we should have this baby, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure because it was like, I, you know, we had talked about marriage once mm-hmm. before that. And he said that marriage ruins relationships. So he said that he was never going to get married. married. So I had that in my mind as well. Like, well, mm-hmm. he's saying keep the baby, but he doesn't mm-hmm. want to get doesn't married. Get married. Right. So, well, we went to go tell my parents. And when we told my parents, like, he actually said, I want to get married to Allie and I got her pregnant. I want to take responsibility for it. So that was kind of unexpected. So in all of this, like, did you have a relationship with your parents while you were dating Anthony? Or it was kind of like, no, we didn't really talk at that point. And we did occasionally. I think I even went to church a few times, even though I was... Yeah, excommunicated because yeah. I remember asking, "Well, am I allowed to come to church?" Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, you can. You just can't take communion." <laughs> right, right. I always thought excommunication meant you're not allowed to come to church anymore. So I didn't even understand. Like, right, even yeah. though it's in like the name, <laughs> like was like, well, I guess I just got kicked out. Like, <laughs> not allowed to come back. But I actually did go a few times after that. Yeah. But that's yeah. actually that whole situation is what eventually 
restored the relationship mm-hmm. with my parents. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, even though my mom and I had a good relationship when I was younger, we never had, like, you know, like, a close relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, like, I mean, I would talk to her about lots of stuff. That's just because yeah. I like to talk. It wasn't, like, a sharing secretive, mm-hmm. like, right. personal things with her. I didn't like doing that. So past that point, I, my parents wanted me to move out of Anthony's house. So I lived in their upstairs mm-hmm. and she helped me plan my wedding mm-hmm. and uh, took me to somewhere downtown to get an official pregnancy test mm-hmm. and to my appointments. Well, actually, maybe I drove to my appointments, but she, you know, encouraged me to go mm-hmm. and she was there for my birth. Mm-hmm. Or not my birth. But your baby, my birth. baby's birth, <laughs> and uh, so did that. I mean, you went from like really no contact with them to all of a sudden you're really kind of looking to them as support and help, and they're there for you. Were you surprised and, by yeah. how they like how were they so supportive? Yeah, not only responded. that, but I was also surprised at how the church treated me because it was like these women planned a baby shower for me and i cannot tell you how many gifts that i got was just like why (laughs) like was not very nice to you and here i am at some baby shower well and they didn't stop loving you when you excommunicated yeah that's the other whole like point of excommunication Mm. is the desire to see restoration happen. I mean, I when I was excommunicated, like, I would run into people from church, and they were really nice, and I thought that they would be like me, and I was just kind of like, okay, well, that's weird. Taken off, <laughs> ba- taken aback by that, even. Yeah. And that was the thing that impacted me the most, is that the just complete, like, 100% forgiveness mm-hmm. from the church, but then on the opposite end, all of my friends, I thought, were, like, really good friends, mm-hmm. were just mm-hmm. completely against us getting married i mean there were a Mm -hmm. few like our closest our two closest friends and a couple other random people Mm -hmm. were okay with it but most of our close friends were like this is stupid and um one of our friends actually said that he was like well if it was my girlfriend she would just get an abortion and he told me that he was gonna cut my baby out and feed it to anthony So oh my. I was just like so shocked, yeah, at like the nastiness, yeah, from people. And then after that, they just kind of stopped talking to us. And so you really ended up losing a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends, and yeah. the people that were still friends, like after Ashton, my son was born, they eventually like weren't, weren't ha- very happy with us because eventually mm. we did become Christians, and mm. they were just like. Well, you just turned into terrible people. <laughs> really, the opposite was happening. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so the wedding, and would you tell yeah. that story a little bit about your birth, mom coming and meeting her and being there for the wedding? And so yeah, she uh, came to my house and um, asked if we wanted to go get something to eat. And we went to White Castle and had White Castle burgers. <laughs> um, that's where Anthony worked at the time. So I was really in the White Castle then. <laughs> and uh, again, I don't remember what we talked about. It was like yeah. all those first yeah. meetings were like just so like intense. Real almost. I'm pressure. Yeah. 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 So. So she came to your wedding. Yeah. She's at my wedding. 
Where'd you get married? My parents' house. Sweet. So what was your wedding day like? Amazing. <laughs> really <laughs> fast. <laughs> it was actually, like, I think pretty much perfect. Like, there was nothing that really went wrong. And um, that's another thing is that it's like I was so, like, nasty to my parents and, mm. like, the amount of work that they put into making a nice wedding. Our wedding. My mom picked up flowers and put together the bouquets and Mm -hmm. my dad went and got all like the chairs and the tents because it was outside and Mm -hmm. had so many of like my aunts and uncles that came and so it was really nice and my dad um bought me this pink necklace my mom said that they went to this uh like store and they were looking at jewelry and he was like my mom was like well what about this one he'd be like no i want i want that one I remember him looking at me and like, like, kind of getting teary eyed, and, and he mm-hmm. said to me like, "If you want to right now, not get married, that's okay." So I appreciated mm-hmm. that he supported me either way, helped me through it. So, you had Ashton, mm-hmm. your first son, and you said you were already started going to the church again. Or it was after he was born? No, we had started going. As soon as I moved out of Anthony's house and back in with my you parents. Were going. I started going again. Mm-hmm. So what ha- what yeah. happened? How did you end up coming back to the faith? And how did An- Anthony become a Christian? And Basically, like, even though I had moved in with my parents and all that stuff was happening, mm-hmm. what finally made me, like, really want to go back to church was this idea that my son wouldn't, like, if we didn't go to church, he might not be a Christian. Hmm. And so it was like, this entire time, I never stopped believing in God or that he was, you know, real or anything like that. I just didn't want to to follow. Yeah. (laughs) But I couldn't do that to my son. It was like, I was perfectly fine if it was me. Hmm. So that was what started us going to church and Anthony wanted to go to church with me. It's just from sitting under the preaching okay. every Sunday that it really just was convicting. And so, yeah, eventually I told Anthony that I was a Christian and he wasn't there yet. But like shortly afterwards, mm-hmm. like within a few, just a couple months, he said that he was a Christian. So how has um, you having your own kids impacted how you've thought about your adoption i just like i don't know how my mom survived Mm. just like i can't imagine like going through so many years of like wanting a baby Mm. and then just one day being contacted like you're gonna get a baby (laughs) yeah you understand that like (laughs) like it's just amazing yeah you know and also, just like, I mean, obviously, I don't feel that about my own children, but my mom would say that she had a lot of fear in the beginning. Like, what if someone comes to, like, take my baby away? Right. So she was yeah. like, I have to do everything right. And yeah. kind of, I'm sure that was, like, really stressful. Mm-hmm. And and then when I got older, like, just, I, I learned pretty early on that I could use being adopted even though i didn't really understand it Mm -hmm. i could use being adopted 
to be manipulative. Mm. So, um, like, just telling her that I hated her mm. or she's not my real mom. Mm-hmm. Just, I just can't imagine one of my kids saying that to me. Like, it would just, like, break my heart. Mm. And so it's just, like, I feel really bad that I would say that. But she just kept on loving me mm. and going on. Mm-hmm. And even in high school, just, like, how angry I was. And, mm-hmm. and in the end, she still forgave me, mm-hmm. helped me plan my wedding, and... So I think that God, like, really blessed her. Mm-hmm. Like, she just never stopped reassuring me, like, you're my daughter. And mm-hmm. now it's, like, my relationship with her is just, like, so close. And mm-hmm. now I'm the one that's, like, I just went to her house. Is it going to drive her crazy to go again? Like, I want to go, like, <laughs> visit her all the time now. <laughs> and it's just amazing, like, not even just with, like, my mom's story, but my grandma my grandma wrote me the sweetest note recently sent it to me in the mail and i just like remember thinking like like i don't deserve to be a part of her life just hit me that much more that like how Mm -hmm. much i'm not blood related Mm -hmm. to any of these people but they see past that Mm -hmm. and have accepted me like 100 Mm percent like to my grandma i'm her granddaughter And that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And almost like in a way it makes you closer. You know, another thing I wanted to say this earlier, but I forgot. Um, people, a lot of times, like, especially like, I feel like women, whenever someone says, oh, you look like your mom or you sound like your mom. <laughs> and then the response is always like, "Ugh," like, you don't know, like, how <laughs> blessed yeah. you are. That is such an awesome thing. Like, <laughs> that's like. Whenever I look at my sister, like, that's a source of, like, jealousy. It's like, Mm. she has her nose. Mm -hmm. And just like, I wish I had my mom's nose. And (laughs) that was when I started having, like, serious, like, jealousy issues Mm. with, like, Kimmy. Because we went to, like, some, like, family thing. So my grandma's sister, she said, she went up to Kimmy and said, wow, you really look like your mom. And I was standing right there. Mm. And I had this, like... Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, mad. Yeah. 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 It's hard, because when you love your mom, you actually adore those things about your mom. Yeah. You yeah. want to be like her. Maybe you just need to take on some phrases that she says all the time. Yeah. Plus, the thing is, like, them. whenever I just look at like my grandma, <laughs> she's, like, so, like, I don't know how to describe her. Like, I would, like, I would say probably soft and feminine mm-hmm. and... My mom's like that, too, like the way that she talks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. moves. And then I look at myself and I'm so like, I feel like I'm like abrasive and loud. And <laughs> and so it's like, that's like my goal to be like my grandma, my mom, like as far as like the way that I talk and yeah. like just to adopt that like feminine side of them. It's like also growing up is like I really looked up to my brother mm. and I really wanted to be a boy. and so even in high school i would act like super super boyish and now it's like i'm trying to like undo Undo (laughs) all of those behaviors but in a way it was good because since i have four boys yeah i actually like legos and like (laughs) minecraft it's the weirdest thing it was like i was training for this moment (laughs) well and on the flip side like god put you in that in this family you know yeah but 
with an older brother. So like, because God yeah. wanted you to have this family, but they He also wanted that Them family to have, have you. you. Yeah. yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Because there were like, I think years for my mom tried to have a baby mm-hmm. and it wasn't working out. So yeah. she was really excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> to get me. Totally. I also don't think that she ever expected to have Kimmy later. A surprise in a completely different way than you were. <laughs> yeah. I was excited to be having a sister. We're friends. <laughs> Never been friends before. <laughs> we fought a lot when we were younger, so now it's like like she's the one I look for when I go to church. It's mm. like, where's Kimmy? It's just like when I see her, I just get excited. Yeah. Which is nice so, and Yeah. I did apologize to her. I was really mean to her when she was little. I think that that was significant. Also, I think I scared her when she was little because I would get really angry and yell. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to apologize for that and Mm -hmm. make things right between us. And I just can't believe that I, like, spent so much of my time, like, growing up, like, thinking that God was against me. Mm -hmm. Like, I told my mom this, like, pretty recently, actually. I was like, it just feels like he hates me. Like, he has set everything up you know, to make Mm -hmm. my life hard. And it's just like, no, this is a blessing. That's the biggest thing that you you might get into like a, a, to an adult and like things that never bothered you about adoption, Mm -hmm. like start to bother you Mm -hmm. different aspects. Like, I'm sure like I'm going to continue to go through this. Like, yeah. Sure. As you reach like new phases of life and then you're going to evaluate things in a different way that then you never had before. Yeah. But all throughout, God has been doing this work in your life to, like, well, give you faith, but then build it, you know? Yeah. I would think throughout your life, as you, if you continue to, you know, have questions, your faith is getting stronger each time, you know? Yeah. It's like, you're just recognized, this was a work of God. This is the family God wanted me in, and this was good, and look at all he's done through this, you know? That yeah, because he, like, planned obviously planned from the very beginning that i was going to meet anthony yeah. and yeah and that i was gonna have four little boys so it's yeah. like everything even my birth was all like leading up mm-hmm. to that moment yeah. as well, well so i think it was interesting what you said that you either asked why didn't i just stay with my birth mom or why didn't god just make me be born into my family that I love. Yeah, just skip a few steps. Just skip a step and just put me directly, because he can do that. Yeah. But God meant to take you out and place you in a different, you know, from your biological family to your adopted family and for a reason. It was like all part of the story happening that way Mm -hmm. that caused you to process God's hand Mm -hmm. and come to know God. Yeah. It's hard then it's so beautiful too (laughs) yeah how about um well being a christian like we you know becoming a christian and how has that impacted how you think about adoption i think that i'm actually like really grateful that i'm adopted because it's like when you talk about like how like you're adopted into christ's family like and you think about people as like this is my sister in christ Mm -hmm. my brother in christ i think i have a better like understanding for that mm-hmm. and so like especially when like you meet someone that maybe you don't even like that much yeah you still mm-hmm. think of them like well this is my sister in christ and mm-hmm. so yeah. gives you more of a willingness to like 
get to know people mm-hmm. and to bear their burdens because it's not like some random person. It's mm-hmm. like your family and to work around people that maybe you don't get along with very well to like choose to yeah. love them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I guess I just wonder if there's anything you would tell, you know, anyone who has been adopted as an encouragement, what you would say to them who might be struggling with the fact that they're adopted? Well, I think that my story is a little bit unusual because I have met my biological family Mm -hmm. where some people might not want to or maybe their biological family doesn't want to meet them. Mm Mm-hmm. Or maybe you meet them and they're, like, toxic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. any advice I would give is just, like, um, even though I am grateful that I met my biological family, it really wasn't some great solve-all yeah. thing. Like, it didn't fix this feeling mm-hmm. of, like, where do I belong? And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, you're adopted. But I think that you have to reach point in your life where you decide to adopt Mm. the family that god gives you like Mm. and just decide like this is my dad this is my mom these are my siblings Mm -hmm. for real yeah and then the other question i wanted to ask you is what would you say to well like me (laughs) you know i just adopted (laughs) like what what you know what encouragement or advice would you give me about like how I raise my daughter who's been adopted my advice would be to just keep on reassuring her that she is your daughter Mm -hmm. because she might go through her entire life you know sometimes like you know to be okay with being adopted and then years later to not be okay with it Mm -hmm. because I've gone you know back and forth yeah even as an adult I still have these thoughts you know like maybe my mom loves my brother more or my sister more and maybe I don't really belong here so you just have to keep on reassuring like you are my daughter Mm -hmm. over and over and that's what's really helped me is that there's been there's been times where I've actually cried to my mom and said like you know that I felt like I didn't belong and she just always reassured me this is your family god gave you this family you belong here Monumental is hosted by Katie Walker and Amy Molina. It is produced and edited by Katie Walker, and it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Mensel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles and other podcasts, please visit warhornmedia.com.